Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our most courageous lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the show, we have Pallavi Sastry and Gabrielle Ruiz, friends and co-hosts of the popular What Are Friends For podcast. Oftentimes, we cover some pretty heavy topics here on Courageous Wellness, so we are excited to bring you this fun episode with these dynamic women talking all about friendship and best wellness practices within friendship. You may have heard Pallavi on an early episode of Courageous Wellness when she came on to discuss her documentary film about fibromyalgia, Invisible the Film. In addition to producing, Pallavi is an actor and activist and has most recently been seen as a recurring guest star on CBS's Blue Bloods. Other TV appearances include Netflix's Master of None, Quantico, The Affair, Nurse Jackie, The Night Of, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and countless regional and off-Broadway theatrical productions. She also serves as CEO of Team Access Productions and is an active crusader for representation in media. Fun fact... She, for a short time, was also my landlord. Gabrielle is an actress, philanthropist, producer, activist, and champion for the arts. She is known for the CW Network's critically acclaimed comedy, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where she received rave reviews as Valencia Perez. You can also catch her on Modern Family, Better Things, Orange is the New Black, Sesame Street, and Law & Order SVU. She performed on Broadway in If Then with Adina Menzel, Evita with Ricky Martin, and In the Heights with Lynn Manuel Miranda. These ladies explore every aspect of friendship on their show, and we had a lot of fun diving into it with them on Courageous Wellness. Check out the What Are Friends For podcast on all podcast platforms and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Ned. Ned produces the highest quality full-spectrum CBD from organic hemp plants sourced entirely from an independent farm in Colorado. Erica and I discovered Ned when co-founder Adrian Zimmerman was a guest on our show. We were both really impressed with the products after trying them. One of the things that really stood out to both of us was the transparency of the brand. Ned actually shares third-party lab results, who their farmers are, and details of the extraction process directly with their consumers. We strive to be informed consumers, and Ned makes the process really accessible. I have become a dedicated user of Ned products and have been able to replace my monthly use of ibuprofen to manage period discomfort with Ned's Natural Cycles collection of salves, tinctures, and roll-ons. This collection is slow crafted with love from an extraordinary group of women and provides a more holistic anti-inflammatory and natural pain relief option. So Erica, what's your favorite? 
My favorite Ned product is definitely their full spectrum hemp oil and I personally use the 750 milligram tincture. When I consistently take it, I notice a huge difference in my anxiety, sleep, and general mood. In addition to the tincture, I also really love applying the hemp-infused body butter to my neck and shoulders before bed. It helps me relax, soothes aches and pains, and allows me to wind down at the end of the day. Ned is also now offering an immunity blend tincture that we are consistently taking. This blend naturally supports our immune system and combines botanicals, herbs, and fungi to offer functional immune support. 100% of profits are also donated to EcoHealth Alliance to support their fight against pandemics and promotion of conservation. If you want to check out Ned and try their products and their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash podcast. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash podcast to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. We know you're going to love it. You can also find the direct link in our show notes and check out all of their wellness products. Okay, ladies. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yay. So happy to be here. Yeah. And kind of reunite. I mean, we Ooh. figured out how we really actually met, Allie. We all know each other. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, and any for any of our longtime listeners, Pallavi is rejoining us. She has an episode early on in our our little baby podcast incarnation, which has grown. But um, these ladies are both the hosts of the WAF podcast, What Are Friends For? And we are excited to talk about friendship and wellness with you guys today. So to start off, we would love to have you explain your personal journeys towards each other and towards your friendship. Do you want to go? You want to take it, Gabrielle? I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, well, uh, Pallavi and I met for the first time, um, like our last years of college in the summer, we both were hired for a summer theater company in Oklahoma City. Uh, Pallavi went to OU. I went to Oklahoma City University. And um, we joined forces starring in High School Musical, where we <laughs> were- Because, you know, that was the year that that show was freaking everywhere. It was so <laughs> It was like lit. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was like, like I mean, even the- um, the artistic director, Nick Demos, we were just on his podcast, not for musical theater, for, um, what's his podcast about? It's about uh, the soulful approach to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. So like, you know, he's moved on from artistic <laughs> directing. And I was like, just so you know, Nick, reminder, like everybody, you walked in to that auditorium and when the lights dimmed down, all the children started screaming for High School Musical. And he was like, I can't believe that show sold so well. So High School <laughs> Musical was like a big deal. And I was Gabriella in the show. And Pallavi, of course, was Taylor. And we were able to be friends on stage before we were real friends. So that's yeah. the first chapter. So that's like 2002. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we like met on the job, you know, we just, uh, I, I mean, for the most part, I think both of us were very like, very like focused in on work and, you know, for the most part, and, you know, Gabrielle's really a lot more open than I was, than I am about like how how laser focused uh, she was on work. And, you know, I felt the same way, but I think I just didn't ever want to, um, you know, uh, I had so much FOMO with like socially too. So I just like, I just like, I tried to do everything, but she was just a lot more focused than I, Thanks. 
<laughs> on work. And so, but anyway, long story short, we both moved to New York within a year of each other. And I think uh, we didn't really reconnect until, you know, a few years, maybe five, six years into living in New York um, because- Over wellness, uh, actually. Over wellness. Health and um, wellness. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Bobby. And, you know, she was, uh, she was working with, well, I mean, we were both like broke and, you know, experiencing a, a slump and, you know- auditioning and, and all this stuff. And, and, uh, she approached me with, uh, uh, an MLM opportunity. <laughs> Multi-level marketing ladies. <laughs> I got it. Love it. <laughs> Listen, I still use that vitamin. I still use that multivitamin Shackley all the way. Let us know if you're interested. We both, we both gain from it. So I, I actually yeah. hysterically enough, I figured out with Nick Demos, I hope his ears are hot right now. I was like, hey, are you interested in Shackley? He's like, no, but Pallavi could be. And I was like, she's vegan. And I was like, ugh, I don't know how to talk vegan. And so I, I reached out to her business-wise. Again, you know me now, laser-focused business. And then we started working together. She said yes. And um, I learned a lot from her. We actually were able to – what I loved about Shackley, honestly, though, because thank God it was Shackley and not other MLM companies that are more about the business because I would have just sold anything anything. But I actually started getting healthy and started, this is not a Shackley ad, I promise. I started getting healthy and I started like making a vision board and figuring out what my why was. And that, that sort of like teaching of an entrepreneurial work, I, I had to, it was so nice to refocus that in New York city where everyone can turn rabid very quickly. And, yeah. um, so it was I mean, nice to like we, reinvent my friendship with Pallavi in that way too. Right. And we even have a, a funny story, like literally months before that, like within the same <laughs> year, I would say months before that we ran into each other at a street fair in Queens and we had nothing to say to each other. We were like, Hey, hey, what's up? Not like literally like nothing to talk about because we were just so like consumed by trying to, you know, be artists and trying to be on Broadway and all of the state and the, and the hustle that comes on that comes with that. It's just so all consuming that we weren't making space for anything like genuine relationships. Conversations. <laughs> so that's like 2012. And yeah. then, um, I leave New York city in 2016 for crazy ex-girlfriend to Los Angeles. And we were still, I would say we were genuine friends by then. Like we yeah. maintained our friendship, friendship, unlike college chapter. But chapter three is when Pallavi calls me and says, so um, Hari and I are moving to LA for work and we're going to move to Los Angeles. And I was like, Pallavi, we're going to have kids together. And I was <laughs> so happy. I was like, she was the person for me that solidified and confirmed that I would be happy in Los Angeles because I knew one person that I was guaranteed. Philip, my husband, liked Hari, his, her husband. <laughs> like it worked, you know, it was a guarantee that we could um, really like it here. Philip and me. Yeah. And so, um, we, then it was then like chapter four, she, I was like freaking like Cinderella waiting for the glass slipper to fit in my foot when she was like, do you want to join me on what are friends for? And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's chapter well, four. Yeah. And I'm, I always say this, I, I I've explained this many times, like, you know, uh, and I'm sure you, Ali and Erica can also agree that like, there is a time and a place and a right time to ask a specific someone to, to do something with you, like go Despite into business. Despite my impatience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but go into business for, and you know, it's a creative endeavor. It's, it's so much, it's so many different ways of getting in bed with that person that you already have a personal relationship with that. Like, it's kind of risky. So like, I just wanted to make sure it was the right thing because up until that point, like Gabrielle and I, this is my quotable all the time, but like, she's like one of my most uncomplicated or she is my most uncomplicated friendship. So like, <laughs> I didn't want that to 
I didn't want to jeopardize that. Yeah. I didn't want to jeopardize that. So I just, I waited, I waited to make sure it was the right thing to bring to her. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks guys. That was a great, I love a, I love working with other podcast hosts. Don't you Erica? Isn't it like, yeah, makes our job so much easier. (laughs) We just never shut up. Which no, I, I have no it. shame for. I have no shame. I mean, I got to sell you everything all the time and tell everybody to please subscribe. Thank you for reviewing and rating. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I also love how many different chapters your friendship has, right? Like there's all these different iterations of it. And I, I even like how you were able to reconnect over an MLM because, you know, it's just, it's just, you never know, right? Like what's going to spark know. that friendship spark and or however yeah. you're going to earn a car. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Or that trip to Disney world or whatever it is you can get. Um, but I think, right, this is, it's so great to hear how many different chapters there were, because I do think a lot of people really struggle with adult friendships and finding friendships in adulthood or reconnecting with people they went to college or high school with, or, um, even having the courage just to reach out. I know it was an MLM business thing, but I feel like because we live our lives so online now, it can be really scary to actually like reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think it's really cool how many different chapters <laughs> your friendship has had. Yeah, we've had to level up a lot. <laughs> we had to level up. We had to get real with ourselves. And it was just nice to, sometimes some friendships don't grow up with you. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you break those up and it's like, God, what a shame. You know, it's just a shame that that one argument can't some, one of the two parties cannot move on mm-hmm. and, or it's, you just hurt someone's feelings in some way. Even if you say, sorry, this is a personal story of mine. We're like, I'm so sorry that I hurt your feelings. Let's move on. And she could not. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm so glad, like, even if I don't even know, if, again, uncomplicated between me and Pallavi, but like if we've even had an argument or if we had like a one challenging moment where it's like, all right, let's move on. And that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Those friendships. <laughs> I think, you know, it's interesting. Do you guys have any, um, I don't know if like words of advice is the right way to frame it, but do you have anything, I guess, lessons that you've learned for friendships that have lasted either started in adulthood or lasted and been able like your own friendship, been able to sort of level up to each new phase to mature and grow with each other. And maybe sometimes, because sometimes you're going to be especially with long-term friendships in different phases at different times. And mm-hmm. that can look, the dynamic can look different. Um, you know, I'm curious, Pallavi, you just had a beautiful baby girl last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure I, I've dealt, I don't have any children, but I have friends who've started having children and those inevitably change because they're going to enter a different phase than I'm in, but it doesn't mean it can't work and can't mm-hmm. adjust. It just needs to have, both people have to have space for some it looking like something new. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious what your sort of points of view of maintaining and continuing to grow friendships with depth to them. Um, what have you learned through those processes? Um, well, I can say personally, um, that I was the first to do a lot of things in my like friend group, my age group. I got married really young. Um, I bought a house really young. You know I mean? I bought property really young. I, um, you know, I'm the first of my friends really to have children, like, you know, all of these things I've had a lot of the first person to do something. Um, and, uh, I think the, 
what, where I have to take responsibility is like, I felt like I was becoming inaccessible to people so that I, so then I shut down. I didn't ask for support mm-hmm. early on. Right. And I didn't, and I sort of, um, assumed that anything that I was going through was, uh, if I wanted to talk about it would be a, a burden on my friends because my problems were not the same as their problems, which was trying to find good roommates or, you know, g- g- trying to date in New York city. And like, I-, I just didn't experience any of those things. So I felt like, oh, well, they don't really want to hear from me because I didn't, I don't have to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, you know what I mean? So I, I can't speak to their experience. And so that's been my biggest lesson is like, um, is that I have to ask for what I need. Um, emotionally. Um, and if I don't, then, uh, the, the pent up physical trauma of that can actually, or the emotional trauma of that can manifest physically. And it has for me in terms of stress and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so when it came time for me to actually like have a child, um, it wasn't until I moved to, to Los Angeles and took a breath and left the concrete jungle, like literally breath, like breathed more breath into my body and like, um, started going to therapy and, uh, Gabrielle, I, uh, was my friend that I like, I practiced certain scenarios on and like, you know, I opened up about, you know, uh, like past, um, uh, like sexual trauma, which, you know, we, I was able to talk about on our show this season and it's coming out soon. And, you know, that's, it, it's all of this stuff. Like I was finally able to like be okay with, expressing myself and I, and and asking for that from, from my friend. And, um, you know, after three, four years of trying to have a baby, it wasn't until I actually let that trauma go in my body and started accepting that love from other people that I was able to get pregnant. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that kind of vulnerability too, within friendship, sometimes it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to get there and, um, finding, you know, what, what your needs are at any given time uh, versus what your boundaries are versus, you know, what you're ready to talk about versus what you need to release. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that kind of vulnerability with other people takes a lot of trust too. So, um, yeah. And I think the self-work too, that you're talking about as well, because right. I think it can be hard in friendship sometimes to have that balance, you know, of like, we're both here to support each other and we're both here because we love each other and we care about each other. But I know a lot of my friendships, especially in my early twenties, um, and even friend breakups, and I think friend breakups, right, are, can be even harder and actually are much harder than any romantic breakup I've personally been through. But, um, yeah, I think that balance, because when I was young and, and same, like I've been in therapy and I have my Buddhist practice, but before all of that, you know, I've always struggled with like codependence and these like codependent relationships. So I was always somebody who gave like 110% and then like expected and got back 10%. And I set the relationships up that way, right? Like I set the relationships up that way, but then it also led me to being like a flaky friend sometimes because I would overcommit or I was scared to say no. And so I've found that in adulthood, I've had like, you know, these friendships that I've now had for 10 plus years that, you know, I made 
after college. I have like one really close friend from high school, one really close friend from college, but most of my really close friends are in adulthood because as I've been able to work on and love and accept and heal myself, I show up differently for friendships and I expect my friendships to show up differently for me. So it's much mm-hmm. more balanced, but I feel like that can be really hard. Um, to cultivate and like Ali and, and like you shared Paula V, like that vulnerability, you have to like be vulnerable to get, mm-hmm. like to create those relationships, but that takes a lot of courage and can be really scary as well. But I, I trusted Gabrielle enough. Like, I mean, like that was the thing, like I, what my experience of being vulnerable before was met with, you know, mm-hmm. defense or like yeah. with, you know, it, it wasn't, well, it wasn't welcomed in the way that I expected. So then I just stopped doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was, it, I think there was a, you know, the, that's where the, what I mean by uncomplicated is like, we yeah. just, <laughs> I just ask and she's ready to give. And that's something that's very special. Yeah. It's beautiful. How about you, Gabrielle? What, <laughs> is there anything that you've learned in particular about, um, about kind of keeping and cultivating different phases of adult friendship? Uh, saying you're sorry for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about it. My mom was a big, uh, believer and motivator and pusher, I would say between my sister and I, whenever we would get in a fight, she would literally make us sit on her bed and talk about it. And I hated it. I freaking hated it. And I have taken that practice to say, Hey, let's talk about it. And it's not like talk about it for hours. Cause I love to move on. I love to like say, I'm sorry. And then I love to let it go. Like, you know, forgive and forget and, um, learn from it though. But um, that's one of the big things. And another one is um, my, what's helped me uh, being able to be there for people is I always ask, do you want me to listen or do you want my advice? Because my advice is going to be what I think you should do, but not what you're going to do. So there's a lot of friends that just want to be heard or complain, which also counts, <laughs> you know, and there's also the, some of those friends that make the same mistake for the 10th time. And you're like, I'm giving you so much knowledge or maybe what I think is wisdom as well as I'm a Christian. So like, you know, you know, um, Psalms and like things like lyrics and things that have just helped me through my life. So, um, like then it becomes like, what do you want from me? And that's when I can get frustrated. So I never... I've never been a, um, I always humble myself to make sure I'm not a victim in the situation where it's, you know, there's nothing I can do. I don't ever want to feel helpless, but when I feel that way, it's like, they just don't, they don't want my advice and I can love them like that as well. I can love that friend that way. Yeah. I saw this really funny meme. I don't know if I'm going to mess it up, but I sent it to some of my girlfriends who I've been friends with since we were 16. And it was just like adult friendships is just passing advice back and forth to each other for years, but never taking it. (laughs) And it was like, oh, I can kind of relate to that because sometimes you're not really seeking Mm -hmm. someone to tell you the answer. You're just seeking someone to sit and, and kind of hold space and listen and say, I'm so sorry. That's happening. That sucks. You know, oh my gosh, can, I can't believe they said that to you. That also is something people need and if you don't need to fix them something. Exactly. You know, yeah. like you are not their mother. You are not their family member. You're not their spouse. You're not their partner. You are just their friend. And some yes. friends, even if they don't communicate it right, it's my job to help them understand, like, do you want my advice or do you want me to listen? And there was a girlfriend who was literally driving away from Denver from an abusive verbal relationship. And she was sobbing and she was like, I don't 
I don't think I can leave. And I, and I feel bad. And I said to my friend, I said, do you want, do you want my advice or do you want to listen? She's like, and she thought about it. Like she really, and she was just in this cloud of, everyone's been in that cloud, whatever, even if it has abuse in it or not, when you're breaking up and you're in this deep end of like making that decision, that's just so emotionally exhausting and you don't see it all, you know? And she was in that moment and and she thought about it. She was like, I need your advice. I said, did he say, did he ask you to stay? And she said, no, I said, keep driving. Wow. That's it. That's it. You know, it's black and white. Like it's just, you gotta, you gotta pick a side and you gotta go. And she did. And, and like, I can't, it, it, it didn't, it didn't become, you know, my responsibility for her decision. You know what I mean? It's not my responsibility. It's I'm there to support her and how she needed it in that moment. Mm. Yeah. I think that's insightful. I'm curious. This is like a little side question for you guys, because you are both also actors as a fellow performing artist. Um, I'm curious how you have cultivated and maintained authentic relationships. Obviously you gave us your story about each other, but within um, the industry, because, and obviously, you know, I think any of us who come from a theater background, it's a little bit different in the sense that by nature of being in really, really, really sort of like, op- not always, but sort of an open-hearted environment, you hope, um, you, you have the ability to make deep connection and have these like vulnerable experiences that you hope are in these safe spaces. Obviously, everyone is different. But there's also a lot of like, when you get to LA, there's a lot of um, competition for lack of a better word. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of bullshit. I don't know. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of other aspects to navigate of the business component to it. And and, um, everybody's every, you know, everyone's best friend, but it's hard to also have really authentic relationships, especially if you feel like you're ever in competition with each other because of, you know, scarcity of roles or whatever it may be that our perceptions are. But how do you, na- how have you both navigated that? Not taking it personally. <laughs> um, I mean, I felt less connected in my New York uh, life uh, in my New York career than in my Los Angeles clear, career, because I think I, I realized that I wasn't getting invited to weddings. <laughs> like 300 people were invited and they were like friends. They were colleague friends of mine. And I, listen, I only had 38 people at my wedding, including my husband and me. And so like, I totally was okay. But then I wasn't, I was like, wow, you had 12 bridesmaids and I wasn't the top 40, like of your friends. And it, not that they, not that there was entitlement, there was humility in that awareness of seeing the actual number of people that they wanted to be there at that moment. And I was like, I didn't know so-and-so got invited. That's crazy. And these are all like colleague Broadway people. And so for me, I realized that all my conversations in my work were just work related because I was not only just competing with them, but competing with myself on not allowing them to know me. So I was always comfortable with kissing other people, men and women. I was always comfortable as a dancer first, like just being physical and vulnerable in a scene, but I was never comfortable in the dressing room that way, never. Mm. And I think um, as a recovering friend skeptic, um, going to Los Angeles, I did feel like I had a new chance, a new reinvention, a new face of myself, a new brand of friendship that I, and also like, I wasn't just so tired anymore. Like I was in New York because New York's hustle is very different from Los Angeles. 
And um, I genuinely would go up to people that I had a connection with in a red carpet situation, like Carly Hughes, for example. Um, I always admired her from the Broadway scene and she moved the same year for American Housewife. And I said, hi, we don't know each other from New York, but I'm a New Yorker Broadway kid. I just want to say, I think you're amazing. Your dress is great. How are you? Where did you move? And I just made it personal stories versus like, how was your show? You know, and like, that's all I would talk about in my conversations, like Pallavi at a street fair. <laughs> so I just had like a different chance. Yeah. I love um, that. Uh, I think uh, me starting to venture into the work of producing actually probably opened me up a little bit because producing is an act of service and it got me off of myself. Um, so it was more about why do I care about this? Why do I care about, you know, the impact it'll make on whoever watches it, listens to it, sees it. Um, and so that allowed me to just have a diff uh, or develop a different vocabulary around mm -hmm anything from small talk to pitching to anything. So for me, like, you know, it's as simple as going into, uh, so, and the other, there's, there's a race part of this as well. Like I, I was used to being token. I was used to being, you know, uh, most of my friends growing up were white and, you know, all of these things. So I just didn't really, uh, find community elsewhere. And so I was just like, so used to being other that like, when, when I found other South Asian people to be friends with, I was like, but like, are you going to take jobs away from me? And so like, that was another scarcity mentality that I'm still even now actively dismantling. Um, but anyway, it's as simple as like with anything, whether it's Brown Girls Brunch at my house um, with a bunch of South Asian women, or if I go to, you know, some event at Noya House or wherever it is, and I walk up and, and if I'm in conversation with somebody, I won't say, so what do you do? I'll say, so what do you spend your time with? Uh, what do you spend your time doing or what keeps you busy? You know, cause you never know what they'll say with that question. <laughs> right. They might say I surf or they might say, Oh, I do a lot of cooking. And then we can talk about vegan food or we can talk about cooking. And you know what I mean? Like it's, you just never know what you're going to get out of that one question. And if you just get away from who are you, what do you do and what can I get from you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing all of that. And I think, you know, something I'm curious too, if you guys can speak on is on the flip side of this, right? Is when do you know it's time to maybe exit a friendship or if a friendship isn't serving you, how have you found that in your friendship wellness and cultivating friendships or situations that feel really good? How do you navigate when it doesn't feel good anymore either? Yeah. I called Polly before invented about a friend. I was like, she expects, this person expects me to like, I remember I was like doing sweating in my closet, auditioning, like voiceover auditions, like sweating in the summer. And this person wanted me to go, we, you know, to a party with them in the afternoon. And I was like, I, I, I just can't make it. And like, they, there was a lot of guilt. And I remember calling Pallavi and I was like, I don't know what to do. Do you remember that Pallavi? I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think there was, I was a pool involved. <laughs> There was a pool involved and like, yeah. I mean, I have a point, I promise. But like, I just remember being so frustrated with that person and like just wanted to, to stop that relationship. But then when I realized it became a demotion, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I think demoting, Harvey uh, Guillen was on our show recently and his episode's about to come out. And he had this beautiful like, uh, like um, illustration. Like it's like friendships are all like a tier of a wedding cake or of like a big tier cake. And there's only a small amount of people on the top, like the little figurines. 
that get that amount of energy from you every day, all day long. And then the second tier has a little bit more space and not as much of the tension, but it's like your circle of friends that you invite to for your parties or your birthday or for your, your conversations for like big conversations. And then the, the bottom tier is for everyone else. And so what I figured was with this specific person, I was like, what do, what does that person I have in common and how can I invite them to a scene or to a situation and hang out with them where it's not just something that frustrates me, like just mm-hmm. a one-on-one dinner where that person's just complaining about their life the entire time or a hike. Cause that's one-on-one. I was like, I had to invite this person to a artistic event where we had that in common, where I can introduce that person to different people and we can talk about that at dinner. Mm. And so that's how I just, I, and so I call it like a, you know, a very sincere demotion where it's like, I need to put you in a space where I'm not frustrated with you and I can still love you just a little farther from my arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think, you, you know, you and I have had, uh, you know, other friends, um, one in particular that I'm thinking of that we have given tons of advice to that has asked for it. They ask, they keep asking for the advice that the, what you said earlier is like, they make the same mistakes for 10 years in a row mm-hmm. and they say, make the same choices. It's, it, you know, and Nick, I, I keep talking about Nick, but he's a mentor of mine, Nick so Demos. I can't help it, but <laughs> he comes around a lot. Yeah, he does. Um, but he, you know, he's like, you know, insanity is the same thing, uh, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So when you see that somebody is doing that, yet they're asking the same thing of you, you are part of that insanity cycle. Yeah, exactly. So like you have to figure out, is it time for me to exit? Is it time for me to just like, like, let them go. Don't worry about, you know, the, the, what their choices are no longer a reflection on you. <laughs> like it is, you have to let them be. And yeah. if they, if they want to stay where they are, then that's the choice that they made and it has nothing to do with you. So yeah. let them be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually a good, a good thing to kind of bring to light. And I think it takes a certain amount of maturity and just experience to understand that where it's most people, especially as you get into your, I feel like this happens in your thirties too, but it's like, you understand that most people's choices that what's going on in their life it doesn't revolve around anybody but themselves <laughs> and to, to truly not take things in a personal way, even if it does feel personal where you're like, Hey, this is not right for me in my space anymore. This is not healthiest for me, but I can love you from that other tier. Um, and that would be healthiest for me and yeah. for you probably. Um, and, and to know that I think is, is a sign of just personal maturity, but then being able to apply that to relationships too. And sometimes people have different levels of that and understanding that as well. Um, I think that was huge for me was realizing like they, this person needs something different from me than I'm able to currently give because of my own sort of set of choices for my own health, mental, emotional health. And I want to be a good friend, but like, this is how I can truly show up and still love this person, right? but not do it at my own detriment or insanity. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, you, and, you, and you can't do that for them, whatever that yeah, is. Exactly. I can't do that for you. For instance, like there's a colleague from, um, like, like from the industry side and they're only a friend because of on set and they're going through a divorce. I'm happily married. I hope I never have to go through that, but I can't give this man, this straight man advice on how, on how terrible of a situation, except I'm sorry. 
Exactly. I'm so sorry. And I, and I, and then I will go and tell like other guys that are friends based on, you know, the, you know, on set, you know, if they're friends with that people. And I hope that person finds a source that they can vent to. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So personally, that's just not me. And that, that's not because like, you know, they're a man, I'm a woman. It's just more like, I don't know what that is. And I don't know how that feels. And I'm not going to like pull things out of my relationship to make you feel better. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like a very, like, I think severe version of like what other friendship relationship conversations can be like just friendship on friendship. Like someone complains about another friend and you're like, I don't feel that way about that person. So I can't do that for you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even I feel like, um, someone is complaining about their significant other or their partner and they almost want you to like, um, relate or join in. Uh, yeah. And I, that's like a, like something I won't do. Right. Like I'm, mm-hmm. and I think, and again, I think that's part of like dynamics and friendships changing and transforming. And I've, I've personally found it's like, if you're living your truth and your most authentic life, the people who love you are going to be there for that. And people who don't want to be there for that or only wanted the negative version of you or the broke version of you or the single version of you, yeah. they, they can go to a different tier. And I think I really love that wedding cake analogy because it doesn't make it as heavy, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. I think sometimes it's like, I need space or this, this situation is bringing down my vibration. And, um, but then you could just be like, no, like I'm taking you from like top or middle mm-hmm. tier to like this, this little frosting right. bottom tier. And it's just chapters and it ebbs and flows and who knows in 10 years, it could change or a year or five change. years. And I've had situations where I've taken six months from a friendship or three months from a friendship and the friendships are stronger than they've ever been. Right. So it doesn't mean it's forever. And sometimes it does, but I think this brings me to, to another question I have for you guys. Cause again, I feel like you're friendship experts and you talk about friendship so much on your, oh my your gosh, platform. Thank you so oh, much. My but, goodness. Notice I said, thank you. I was like, thank you. I just, I was just like, Oh, <laughs> all of you loves compliments. Just so you know, keep going. <laughs> But we are right in a strange time. And I think this year of 2020 and who knows what 2021 will bring, but um, we're spending a lot more time alone or isolated and friendship patterns I'm sure are evolving as well. Have you noticed anything about friendships in a global pandemic, in a time where people are like going through, I think, maybe heavier things than ever before, either with like job loss or having to move or, or even just on the basics, like we can't celebrate birthdays together in the same way we did or celebrate life milestones in the same way that we did. How, what are some of your tips or what have you found are good ways for navigating friendships in like uncertain times, <laughs> you know, cause I feel like that's like the, the <laughs> word in emails, right? Like in these uncertain times, <laughs> every <laughs> Yes. How, uncertain times. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna give mad props to Polly. I mean, immediately third week into Los Angeles closing down from COVID, she was basically delivering cookies <laughs> to all of her friends for herself as well. Her own mm-hmm. self mental health mm-hmm. of just getting out of the house, number one, two, seeing the city, not feeling like locked in. And three, having a social, you know, having a distant, putting the cookie, like this is the point where we didn't know if like touching was, you know, germs were on packages. We didn't know if it was on surface, you know, virus, whatever. And um, she literally put it down far away from me. And I saw her and I was like, holy shit, I miss you. (laughs) And like, I'm going to start crying Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. hi, because we were all like in survivor mode, you know? And um, my dog, Pallavi, like, I mean, not my dog, Pallavi, sorry. My dog, (laughs) my dog, Leela saw her and I wasn't going to let her, you know, I wasn't going to let her go say hi to her, but she's, you know, you're just so used to like having this wall around you. And Leela didn't get it. She just started howling for her. And she was like, I don't understand why I can't go say hi to her. And I was like, I don't understand either. Like that animalistic behavior. So that's what Pallavi did. <laughs> she like walked around. She like drove around LA, got cookies from her friend, uh, not friend, but amazing, well, friend, but amazing uh, business owner, uh, Brady's Bakery and um, went around and like gifted people because just food is also a really good Absolutely. Way to treat stress. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and <yeah>. they're vegan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, no, I appreciate that, that you're bringing that up. But um, yeah, I think it's, it was just about, it's always been about small gestures for me, whether we're in a pandemic or not. And now it's just, we have to sort of lean into what's available in terms of connection. And for me, I also like, I'm a, I'm a new mom. So like, I can't really be, you know, making a ton of time to have, zoom calls and like, you know know what I mean? So what I do have time for is going for a drive. I could even put her in the car seat and go for a drive and drop off cookies. So that's what I I did that. You know what I mean? So I, uh, or during breakfast time with the baby, we turn, we get, you know, Gabrielle and, you know, lots of our friends will get random calls, random FaceTime calls in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And FaceTime and they know if it's between the hours of like eight and nine 30, that's usually a baby FaceTime. Like it's, you know what I mean? So it's, it's whatever's available we we can't assume that um it's not enough because it's the the small touches it's the combo of all of the small things that equal the the big sum of the 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 friendship and the relationship Mm -hmm. so um and this is something like i i've given my husband lots of credit for this like even when we were in new york he would use dog walks as his time to make phone calls to people and um and even if they didn't answer, he was like, yeah, they didn't answer, but you know, um, I left a voicemail or they saw a missed call from me and they could at least know that I was thinking about them. And sometimes that chemical reaction of like, we know this, like we, if we see a like on Instagram, we see a text message, we see a, a missed call, like all of those things spark that chemical thing. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, why not be intentional about it, you know, with the, with the tools that we have. Well, tell Hari, I'm still expecting a phone call. <laughs> I, I love that too. And I think that advice and those tips, it's, it's almost like what we're going through right now or what we've gone through this year. It's similar to what it takes to almost start a new friendship or especially in those beginning phases, right? Where it takes that courage or that first step, or I'm going to call someone on the phone or text them. Or, I mean, even at Ali and I, I think I've, we've shared this on the podcast, maybe a couple of times we were social friends before the podcast. I don't think we had ever hung out one-on-one. We were definitely Mm -hmm. like third tier, like group friends, maybe second (laughs) tier. Um, but we would like maybe go in between two, maybe, maybe between two and three. Yeah. But it's so interesting because I'll never forget. It was when you came back from Japan. Um, you know, I got, um, it was a time I was doing the spin class a lot and they gave me like, I could bring friends. They were like, you can bring up to five friends on a Thursday in the middle of the week. And I was like, who the hell is going to be free? On Who's Thursday? unemployed? Cause she just <laughs> finished a contract. <laughs> um, but I didn't even invite, Allie was the only person who said yes. And I remember this is Allie. I don't know if I even told you this. I think I might've told you this a little bit, but I had this moment of dread. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Allie and I are about to sweat and hang out together alone. 
alone because I'm like kind of introverted and um, it, people wouldn't expect that of me, but I get like social anxiety. And I was like, I haven't seen this girl. Like, yeah, we've been DMing over Instagram about blood sugar and nutrition, but we hadn't actually <laughs> seen each other or spent time together in like a year and a half. And so anyway, that was like the courageous first step of our friendship. And a podcast was literally inviting someone to a free spin class. Right. And right. now like you're definitely first here, Ali. I talked to you probably more. It's like you and my husband. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I'm like, talk about being in bed with someone now. Actually, yes. this actually leads well into this question I have for you guys. So now that we've heard the history of your friendship phases, you are currently business partners mm-hmm. and co-hosts. And so I'm curious, what are some friendship wellness practices, if you want to call it that, that you've had to integrate um, as far as shifting the friendship also into a business relationship? Uh, Just very verbally drawing the line, in my opinion. Mm. Um, It's like, you know, uh, if I text her and I say, hey, do you have a sec to chat about the show? Or, hey, uh, um, do you have a minute to chat? I need to talk about something. You know, that's different. You know, like I I try to do that at least, and I don't know if it's working for you, but... (laughs) You know, um, I think it's just very, or, or for example, my, my daughter and her husband actually have the same birthday. So, um, so after we celebrated all day with my, uh, with my daughter and she went to bed, we were like, okay, mom and dad are free. Grandma's watching the baby. Let's go take, you know, uncle Philip a bottle of whiskey and, you know, just go hang out with them. And then we just hung out with them that night. And, um, it was, yes, of course there was conversation about the show, but it wasn't, like we were sitting there working. We were just, the irony for us, I think is because our show is about friendship. There's, it's sort of ebbs and flows in that way, but we, we definitely try and draw a line of, are we working right now or should we, cause should, cause her husband is her business partner. So like, should my husband be involved in this conversation right now? And if the answer is no, then we don't, you know, let's not try and make it go further into the work than it needs to. Yeah. Were you guys at all like nervous with the risk element um, that you had mentioned earlier? Uh, you know, it is risky to kind of create a new dynamic within a very well-established friendship. Um, and I- I'm wondering, were, like, were you nervous at all about that or because- oh, 100%. Have- oh, okay. 100%. I mean, like Paulie mentioned, Philip, my husband is my business partner and he does a lot of the logistics and I luckily can just focus more on the creative and so, um, uh, Pallavi and Philip align mentally in that way too. So when it came to like the contract on getting our production company on board, Philip, I, I, I told Pallavi this a lot later in our conversations, maybe at that birthday dinner, uh, hangout when like Philip was like, I just want to let you know, your friendship with Pallavi is more important than what I think this contract should change to be for us to get on board. And they might not like it. And I'm really, I'm really concerned and I'd rather protect your friendship. And I was like, you know, I was like, you're not giving Polly that much credit. Like she's, she's truly a really good businesswoman. Like she could separate it. And he just wanted to make sure that can you separate or can you not? And Polly is in that category of friends that she can between her and I. And so I was welcoming Philip to be a part of that dynamic where he can say, this doesn't work for us. And Polly and her business partners would be like, okay. What will? Well, this works for us because of this. And Philip has even said in a conversation, I'm willing to be outvoted. 
Mm. You know, even if I disagree and, and, um, that's a business partner, you know, a business partner is supposed to call each other and check on each other and, and find, and just, and also, um, compromise, you know, it's yeah. a compromise and it's, it's a non-emotional compromise. And I think that's was part of Polly's decision in asking me, because we can have non-emotional compromises in our mm-hmm. conversations. And we, she wanted to level that up to a business side. And, um, there was, there was that moment that Philip, I remember him saying that because that's how important he knew that our friendship was between me and Pallavi. That's great. As we wrap up, we always ask our guests three questions. Um, the first one being, and I'll, you guys can go take it as you wish. Um, what is your, what are your self-care practices and what are your non-negotiables for yourselves? Like when it comes to self-care? Yeah. Yeah. All of me. <laughs> um, uh, plant plant based living. Um, anything environmentally friendly, I would say. Um, and I try to sweat two to three times a week. Even like you know that that's something I I. I really like, I I'm glad I've stuck to, because without that, I think this, the postpartum thing would have been tough for me. Mm. Um, and my, my shower time is very special. So, (laughs) so that's my time that, and I, whether it's, uh, doing things for my hair, whether it's doing something specific with like a couple of different types of face wash and, you know, scrubbing, you know, exfoliating my arms or whatever it is like, you know, that's my time. Um, and I also do my best thinking in there. And <laughs> sometimes I shower with my husband because we make great decisions in there too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, a non-negotiable for me is um, when I'm tired, I go to bed. Mm. I don't sit up and wait or drink more or watch TV or fall asleep on the couch with my makeup on my face. Absolutely not. I have to go to bed and it takes 30 minutes for me to get to bed. So when I start getting tired, I got to clean the kitchen. I love to come to a clean, I love to wake up to at least a, a done up, um, not perfect, but at least just tidied up uh, living room into a kitchen. I can't have a dirty kitchen because that just really does a big thing to my morning and my psyche where I'm just cleaning up mess is the first thing I do. And I don't like to smell dinner. I like to smell coffee, you know, and just have that ritual in the morning with my, uh, my cat and I are the two first two that wake up and we have a moment, you know, a quiet mm-hmm. moment between her and me. Um, another non, another thing is, uh, Philip and me being aligned with big decisions. Um, I mean, we've only been married for four years and, um, we do work close in each other's businesses and, um, he and I come first before the businesses. And whenever we get really busy, that's when it's time to hire an assistant. But when we don't, it's like, how are you first? Like, how was my husband first? Is he hungry? You know, cause he hasn't eaten or he checks on me. Like, do you need help loading the dishes at night? Cause it makes you, you know, it's your, it makes you happy in the morning. Like those things come to us first. We make sure, but the assistant is like the key. When we start getting frustrated with each other, we're like, we need an assistant. <laughs> We need someone else to work on the calendar because we're starting to fight. Like that's when we actually start getting frustrated with each other. And um, there's a really great app that I use that my therapist in New York recommended. It's called Stop, Breathe, Think. 
Mm-hmm. And it really, it, what I love about it is I did not grow up meditating. I grew up praying. And so um, I learned about it late in my, later in my life and I loved it. And just the whole breathing, because breathing for me was dance. Um, thinking and centering myself was God, like, you know, Christianity. So it was so nice to go into a like meditative yoga practice as well, like that art form or that, that spirituality as well. And um, Stop, Rethink lets you um, list and call out how you feel emotionally and physically. And then it gives you one minute, three minute, five minutes. You can upgrade to eight to 15 minute practices, whether there's meditation or yoga and they're like how to um, forgive yourself or how to like, it's five minutes of that or it's five minutes of um, grounding yourself. And that helped me a lot during like pilot season um, to really prioritize that in my mornings before I just went full mode. Cause like the New York, the New Yorkaholic in me is just like chasing my tail until like I'm useless to myself. Mm. So stop rethink. I highly recommend. Ooh, I'm, I'm definitely going to download that right after uh, this recording. Um, so the next question we ask everyone is, is there a book that has been particularly inspirational to you along your journey? It can be on any topic, just a book that has inspired you. Can I go first? Mm-hmm. Um, we just had an author on What Are Friends For? Her name is Kat Veos or Velos, V-E-L-L-O-S. Mm-hmm. I always want to say Veos. And um, she has two books on friendship that we highly recommend. And we, we um, the, her second um, answer to her first book due to COVID and, and having this whole like restricted social distancing is called um, Connected from Afar. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it on our podcast. We interviewed her. And then we also try, they're all exercises on how to connect from afar. And uh, one, and it just really impacted me when we did that. We did, we did three or two of them on our podcast. And it was so much fun to do them with your friend, Pallavi, especially if Pallavi, person I talk to every day, you know, and we talk about friendship topics all the time. Like, and we, we were like, I can't believe we're going on like a little mini vacation together. Like, aren't we sick of each other? And so this book was really nice to like talk about really like in-depth things and simple things. And uh, we had a really good time. I think Mm -hmm. like how one of them was like, how did you change my life? Mm. Right. And you list 10 ways. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. And you're like, well, Paula V's great. And she, you know, invited me to co-host the podcast, but really you think about it and you're like, how am I going to get to 10? And then you're like, I'm writing 15. It happens really rapidly. Yeah. It's pretty Mm -hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and then another one, I know we have this one in common and too, uh, is, uh, uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about, life. there's something about the, uh, the freedom of taking feelings out of almost every decision you make. Like that's what he poses essentially is like, how can you take your feelings out of the equation? Can you get to a decision faster? Can you get to action faster? Not that your feelings aren't valid, like, like aren't valid. It's not, that's not what he's saying. It's like, he's trying to uh, get us to evaluate how much of our ego is present in mm-hmm. how we're feeling right now. And can we remove that and make the decision or act or, you know, go forward? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. Those are good recommendations and we will check them out and link them. And then the final question is, what does it mean to you both to be courageous? Uh, Courageous is synonymous with vulnerable for me, I would say. Um, 
asking for what you need, being direct, all of those things are super vulnerable. They seem like basic skills, but they're hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's emotionally, personally, professionally as well, Mm. you know? Um, yeah, I I think that's definitely something I'm, I'm continually trying to level up on is asking Mm -hmm. for what I feel like I deserve and what I need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that answer can go so many ways. Um, I think, it, I think it changes a lot, I think, depending on when you choose to be courageous or when you think you ought to be courageous. But when, you, when I am courageous, when I choose to conquer something through being courageous, um, I just remember it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Being courageous has nothing to do with me. It has to do with so many other variables that I don't know about and I also know about. And trusting your gut, trusting God, your intuition, uh, and your partner to do that is courageous to me. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you guys so much. So for anybody who wants to find you, listen, stalk you online, where can they go? Plug away, Gabrielle. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. (laughs) What Are Friends For Season 2 is out right now. We have... Uh, Melissa Barrera, uh, Harvey Guillen, Alicia Reiner, um, so many amazing, I mentioned Kat Velo. So we have so many amazing um, friends and new friends that where we connect um, based on platonic relationships. It's WAFF podcast on Instagram as well as .com. Um, you can also subscribe to our live shows once a month, usually at the end of the month, where we bring on um, celebrity guests or friend guests, um, and also people that are making a big difference on a cause that we truly believe in because we uh, contribute percentages of those sales to causes that we believe in. Mm. Well, thank you guys again so much for joining us. We had so much fun with you today and can't wait to share your episode. Oh, thank you for having us. You guys are (laughs) awesome. I'm so glad. Please rate and review them. They're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.